And I shoot my shot and stuck a wild where it's going in. Cross niggas like Bubba Chuck, I never gave a fuck. Hook shot a hole like Kareem, but I never lead a book. I hit that Janobi with my left hand all like, woo! Bitch, you want when we shooting in the gym? Wrong nights, I perform like Mike. Anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson, action. James Harden with the range on me, nigga, way back. Michael Jordan, 1985, bitch, I travel with a cocaine circus. And you can live through anything if magic made it. Yesterday's price is not today's price. What up, my fellow Knicks fans? This is your guy, Marcellus Ease, and don't panic quite yet. Now, if we reach into a pivotal point of the Leon Rose era, we just starting to peek into what's going on because we see a lot of moving parts. Shout out to Kenny Payne. He's definitely moving on to greener pastures. Shout out to him. He's definitely taking on a job at Louisville. We already seen Mike Woodson early in the season. He moved on to Indiana which he was doing his thing during the NCAA tournament. I believe they got knocked out, but Mike Woodson moved on. And we're sort of starting to see a house, sort of brick by brick, where some of the bricks need a little maintenance. Some things need to be adjusted so the house could be in order. And that's why I said we reached a pivotal point into that Leon Rose era because guys that contributed to that success from last season are starting to go on to greener pastures. And other guys that already been around they're gonna start having options. Guys like Mitchell Robinson, will he stay with the squad? And other parts of this house, I stick with me as I'm making this analogy here, but other parts of the house that we know are foundational to the whole shit standing, maybe we just overlooked it a little bit too much. And we underestimated its importance. And I'm making reference to guys like Derrick Rose, because as we've seen a lot of the success from last season was really with him being there. And now we see this season without him there, dealing with the injuries, how the house is sort of crumbling down piece by piece. So Leon Rose got to start heading down to that basement, making sure that to, that cement structure is strong enough to make sure that the other floors can last long. Guys like RJ Barrett and Julius Randle, because without that foundation, man, everything is cooked. I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked. And let's not underestimate the importance of actually knowing who is the foundation of the squad. And just like how the Golden State Warriors are figuring out for them this season, it's Draymond Green definitely being that glue for the team. For us, no doubt this season, we could see it was Derrick Rose. Now with the Knicks being five back out of a playing spot with about 10 games to go in the season, don't be surprised if behind closed doors, the Knicks already made a judgment call on not bringing Rose back for the season at all. Keep in mind, he had that touch-up surgery for that skin infection on February 25th. And then they said he's going to be reevaluating seven, 10 days. Well, the seven day was March 4th and the 10th day was March 7th. So with the Knicks, just their positioning right now and just overall with the injuries that we have, we see guys like Quentin Grimes out, Cam Reddish out, which is very thin in the bench. What position that the Knicks are in to put Derrick Rose back in? They're going to have this guy playing like 35 minutes plus, which is not exactly, you know, a good position for him to be in right now. So don't be surprised if they just pull back from bringing him back because it's going to be obvious they must play him because there's no Kimber Walker 
and they don't have anyone to facilitate the offense on the same level that Derrick Rose could. So just playing all those minutes is not actually a position that Derrick Rose wants to be in. And I believe Leon Rose does not want to put Derrick Rose in that position to have him injured for the rest of his contract. Now, my fellow Knicks fans, just sticking to the point guard issue, Leon Rose is faced with a situation where he has to be patient while dealing with a New York market that's forever pressing. Well, for starters, I think my fellow Knicks fans, we've forgotten how important it is when you have someone that can facilitate the offense, how it brings out the best in other players. And we could see this no further than what's going on in Philadelphia. Now, with the James Harden trade, now they have a guy who can actually facilitate offense and draw double teams and be a threat. And so we even see guys like Tyrese Maxey all of a sudden looking like a different player. For some of you fellas that are not in the know, Philly's big three right now is looking like James Harden, Embiid, and Tyrese Maxey followed by Tobias Harris, even though Tobias Harris is under a max contract. So just to get someone that could facilitate offense, which we don't have at all, could completely change the trajectory of a lot of our players. I mean, we got Randall and RJ having a pretty decent season stat-wise with having no one to facilitate the offense. That's why we look so clunky in the fourth quarter. We pretty much have no choice but leaving it up to these guys to actually not only create a good shot for themselves, but actually try to find other guys open, which off-rip creates a little issue because we already have these guys playing out of position. That's why we're seeing all these turnovers in the fourth quarter and all these blown leads. Shit, we even have turnovers in game-winning possessions in which we don't even get a shot attempt. And all these crunch time turnovers and fourth quarter blown leads has been pretty much the story of our whole season. I mean, the Knicks blew a 21-point lead to the Lakers, a 12-point lead to the Jazz. We even had a 23-point lead against the Trail Blazers in which, of course, the fucking whole fan base almost lost their mind. That was one of the worst losses of the season. And the same thing happened to the OKC Thunder, in which we had an 11-point lead. Then we lost a 28-point lead to the Nets. And then the same thing against the Miami Heat, which that's a very good team, but we played it great until the end. And then we just blew that 10-point lead. The same thing with the 76ers. We was kind of going at them the whole game. That was one of, the, I believe, the first home games James Harden had with the 76ers. And then we blew a 16-point lead at the end. Same thing with the Phoenix Suns. We blew that 14-point lead. And then a 15-point lead against Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. So that all happened in a short span. But it's like that's been the story of the whole fucking season. And a lot of this is happening is because we have our key guys such as RJ Barrett and Randall trying to create shots for themselves in crunch time. And that was a major issue we seen play out with the Clippers in the bubble against the Denver Nuggets. They had no point guard to facilitate so they try to have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George kind of be those guys to create their own shot in crucial moments, which they can do, but they had them doing that for a whole game throughout a whole series. That's why they end up losing. And then they went on to try to find guys like Reggie Jackson, someone to facilitate the point guard role. That's why they were kept on searching. They even got Rondo before they made that trade, etc. They understood that they can't have their stars in a position for a whole game in which they're dribbling non-stop trying to find other guys open and then trying to create that spacing for themselves for all four quarters. Maybe at the end of the game, they can do that or throughout one quarter, but for a whole game in a seven-game series, it's just not going to work. And we've seen that play out for the whole season for the Knicks, especially when Derrick Rose was out since December 16th. That shit even got worse. 
And that's why this has resulted in the Knicks having the worst net rating for crunch time situations in the whole league. And Evan Fonier, man, he contributes to that a lot. He's one of the worst players to have on the floor in crunch time situations, offensively and defensively. But Evan Fonier this season, man, you can't tell what the fuck he is this season. I mean, Evan is on the verge of just breaking John Stark's record for threes made by Nick in a single season, which I believe John Starks has 217. So Evan has a chance to break that. And we still have about more than like 10 games to go. And believe it or not, Evan is actually seventh in the league in threes made. And once again, this is why I'm saying Leon Rose has a conundrum on his hands, man. He got to be patient to find this, you know, point guard to at least facilitate the offense. Because believe it or not, man, if we could find someone to give Evan the ball in key spots, Evan could really turn out to be a really good piece for us, especially in getting the floor spaced out. Now, that sounds crazy, but that's just what it is. I mean, seventh in the league in threes made, you can't really fake that. And that's with no point guard. Once again, once we get someone to facilitate the offense, these guys can play a lot better. And that's no shot to Kimba Walker. Kimba just due to his knees, he can't really get to the you know hoop like that and create for other guys. He's turned into a really good spot up shooter, but on a consistent basis, those knees are not gonna really allow him to do what we want out of a point guard. He's doing something that Evan is already doing, which is spot up, you know, threes, but we need someone to facilitate that offense. And just going back to Evan, here's another conundrum Leon Rose has with Evan Fonier, is that that New York pressure boy, that shit has you acting desperate real quick. Because apparently at the trade deadline, Evan was being shopped around a lot. He was even being shopped around for Karis LeVert in Indiana, which I was shocked about because Karis can't really shoot but he's a really good defensive player. That's if he's healthy. Evan is a lot healthier than uh, Karis LeVert. So I was surprised Leon Rose was trying to get that off. And also CJ McCollum, the Knicks were trying to give away Evan in a first round pick to try to get CJ. And I guess the Pelicans were not trying to bite on that, but Evan, man, it seemed like, you know, he really was shopping him around. I'm surprised because he does kind of bring the Knicks to that relevance of having a good three-point shooter and spacing the floor. But the only issue, once again, is that we don't have a point guard to facilitate this whole shit. So once again, with Leon Rose, we'll see how patient he gets because there's no big-time point guards that's going to hit free agency. You know, he's got to wait for opportunity for a player to get disgruntled or dig deep in that draft, boy, and try to find somebody. Because the new name of the game in NBA free agency is to re-sign with your squad and then make a fuss because you can still get your way and force your way out. So guys actually becoming free agents is gonna be very scarce because now they can just basically bitch and still get their money. And speaking of Leon Rose and some of his conundrums, man, Mitchell Robinson is making a case to get his fucking money. Man, he is balling out right now. After years of inconsistency due to injuries and just him not, you know, understanding the game at the NBA level, Mitchell Robinson now is beginning to enter the early stages of just DeAndre Jordan before he started making a name for himself. When he started just starting getting those double-doubles, Mitch is starting to do that on a consistent basis. And I guess the weight, he's used to having that weight on him or he just got into better shape, but... He is making a ridiculous case to get that money 
And he's putting <laughs> he's putting Leon Rose in that position, boy. Because Leon Rose, he also got to pay RJ Barrett. And the Knicks are not trying to get too stuck up on the cap with a lot of positions to still fill up, especially at that point guard role. But Mitchell Robinson and his camp, they've been in touch with the Knicks all season negotiating. And they are not close to terms at all. And once again, the Knicks did choose to opt into Mitchell Robinson's, I guess, two-way contract in which they pay him a very low minimum. The Knicks have been getting Mitch to grind for them for about two seasons now for very little money. So you already know Mitchell Robinson is looking to get paid. And Mitch, of course, man, he's going to have some support to make his case. Because I always tell you guys, pay attention to the marketplace, what's going on with other players, how much they're getting paid. Because sometimes... It doesn't necessarily have to do with what the person could do on the court. It's just what the marketplace dictates. I see the Celtics re-sign their young center, Robert Williams III, for $54 million for four years. Same thing for Wendell Carter Jr. on the Magic. He got $50 million for four years. And most importantly, how much Leon Rose paid Nerlens Noel? About $9 million a year, two years guaranteed, one-year team option. He's going to make it really hard on Mitch who I believe leads the Knicks for how many blocks in a single season. You know, he's going to make it very hard, man, to tell Mitch, we're only going to give you 10 to $12 million a year. So them negotiations may be a bit tougher than what the fan base wants it to be. And Mitch is also going to have to be competing with Leon Rose's secret insurance policy, and that's Jericho Sims. And I was peeping that since draft night. Remember, the Knicks has signed Nerlens Noel to that three-year deal. And they also opted in to Mitch's option, which was for just a measly, I believe, $1 million flat. So not only Mitch got underpaid, they paid the guy that sits behind him off the bench, and then they drafted another center. So just think about that. Mitch had to have been thinking, yo, my contract was at the minimum the previous season. Now you guys, for the first time, had the option of paying me this summer. You didn't pay me. You opted in for the same contract again, you paid the guy behind me and you drafted a center. So we also got to take in consideration what Mitch might be talking about. And we kind of seen glimpse of how he's feeling about this whole situation. And that's through his family member, his uncle, which he created a social media account. I believe he created a Twitter account and he got on there. And he was talking about how he loved the Knicks, but he wanted Mitch to have a bigger role on the team, especially offensively. And He's not afraid of getting his nephew out of there. Like I said, man, this social media stuff mixed in with these contracts. And what's up with all these uncles coming out of nowhere, kind of bargaining through social media. But all this shit is brand new. And it's amazing to see how these things play out for the first time ever. Because this is like, it's almost like we're in a safari, man. Just watching all this shit play out through social media, etc. And I'm telling you, man, like just Mitch... This, this is going to be a tough negotiation to get Mitch back on this squad. The fan base is not going to like to hear that, but that's just the reality of it. But just in reference, this is exactly what his uncle said. Knicks do not believe in giving the ball to their bigs. I like the Knicks, but I can't wait to get my nephew out of there. And best believe, that's a big jab towards Tibbs. We all know that a lot of the fan base is upset about his coaching, limited scope offensively at times, he seems stubborn. But we all know that's not going to change. And I believe the Knicks already made the announcement they're going to bring Tibbs back for another season. They're going to let him play out that third year. As that seems like the new norm for the Knicks, give out five-year deals to coaches, and they barely last the third year. But they still get paid out for all five. They get that David Fisdale stimulus package. 
But at the end of the day, if Mitch wants a larger role than catching the basketball literally right in front of the hoop, it's going to be really difficult because Tibbs has his ways. And we've seen him before pigeonhole guys like Obi Toppin to just standing in the corner. So Mitch does have a claim there that the fan base can visually see that really does happen with Tibbs kind of pigeonholing guys offensively or just limiting certain guys due to his line of habits being the only reason. So Mitch is in a very advantageous position right now. I mean, the Knicks did have the option of extending him last summer, which they didn't do. But once again, there's a lot of things coming into play here. The coaching, you know, we have other family members involved. Everyone's using social media to get, you know, to get their propaganda out. This is going to be very, very tough negotiations. And last but not least, this will be a continuation of my series. The city's energy is one of one. And this will be volume two starring Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, and Mr. Kyrie Irving as their little back and forth stance over this vaccination issue. It's actually quite interesting because it reveals a few things. One being that New York City overall does not give a fuck about Kyrie not taking this vaccination and it's kind of blocking the Nets' chances of winning a championship, which is very odd because best believe the shoe is on the other foot with the Knicks. Eric Adams would definitely be reversing this little issue. <laughs> That's the craziest part. Can you imagine him just becoming the new mayor and now you have the whole city hating you because you're blocking the Knicks from winning the championship? That's almost like committing treason. He definitely would take off, you know, his little stance on this little vaccination issue and just take off that blockage and let Kyrie play. But it shows you how much most of the city does not give a fuck about the Nets. Like I always say, man, most of the Nets fan base is a lot of the transplants that have recently showed up and are living in Brooklyn. Now, for those of you watching the video version of this, check out this quick video of Mayor Eric Adams making his entrance into the TikTok sphere, I should say. <laughs> and listen to what he first says, because he acknowledges what fan base he's a part of. And him and Kyrie's definitely going back and forth and trolling. But just check this out real quick. Bing bong, New York City. Your mayor's on TikTok. Let's get stuff done. You know, this mayor, along with Kyrie Irving, are two interesting characters, man, because we're going to see one of them lose in this situation. In the beginning so far, it's looking like Kyrie is losing because not only he lost another star player in James Harden, he's not able to play in home games, which could result in his team actually making the playoffs as a play-in team, which is crazy as that sounds. But if the mayor sticks to his stance, that could result in Kyrie Irving opting out of his contract and entering free agency. And best believe my fellow Knicks fans, if Kyrie is smart, he'll opt out of this deal and get a max deal for a longer period of time. Because it's not a guarantee with his injury history that he's going to be able to do that. But also keep in mind, he could opt out of his deal and troll the mayor by just joining the Knicks. Then you'll see the pressure cook up to a thousand percent as the city will begin to hate this mayor. And as we all know about these politicians, they're almost like high schoolers. They play for likeness. They want you to like them, especially this new mayor, because some of the policies he's about to push through, like raising some of the taxes to make up for all these deficits from 2020 when things got shut down, or just how a lot of businesses in Manhattan are not paying these high cost rents for having offices out there. So they're not collecting taxes on those like they used to. And some of the policing with the city's crime, are they going to have to increase a lot of policing in certain areas? These things are not going to be popular with certain people, but 
the mayor, you know, he has to play the good guy. And Kyrie could flip the switch on him by just joining the Knicks. And you'll see that pressure increase 10,000%. <laughs> That's why I'm saying one of these guys is going to be the loser. In the beginning, it could be Kyrie. But Kyrie could easily flip the switch on this guy. But ironically, the Knicks needing a point guard, Kyrie could solve the issue at the same fucking time. And I know, I know, some of the Knicks fan base is not going to want quirky-ass Kyrie on the squad. But best believe, the type of person this guy is showing up to the Knicks-Nets game in his Illuminati coat with no mask on and all them damn tribal symbols on that coat looking like he just finished eating a couple of fetuses and just showed up to the game. This guy strikes me as the type of person that will sign with the Knicks even for less money just to put the pressure on the mayor and get his revenge. Kyrie strikes me as that type of person. But once again, him hitting free agency will be interesting because if the mayor doesn't lift up the ban, then he still can't play for the Nets. But if he goes to the Knicks, that pressure dials up a thousand percent on the mayor. And once again, a new mayor blocking the Knicks from being successful in this media climate, especially with social media, is not gonna be good optics at all, mainly for the mayor. Because best believe New York City, they're gonna raise taxes on everybody and they're definitely gonna increase policing. That's why I'm trying to understand why the mayor is picking a petty fight, especially with a very petty person. But it is what it is. You fellas, let me know what you think. Man, Kyrie hitting free agency. <laughs> Yo, that sounds insane, but it's the reality. And it is a possibility he could sign with the squad. But the optics on that pressure for that mayor to take off that ban will be very interesting. Yep. And that's the power of the Knicks fan base. Your energy is one of one, and it can't be duplicated. So it is what it is. Until next time, you fellas stay safe. Peace.